In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's what we learned in school. In part 24, we cover a Columbus who was not going to America. Now, if you haven't seen the rest of the series, you are missing out because we cover so much detail. He would have been sad if he knew he got stuck in America. As he thought, he was in Ophir, the land of gold, which is also known as Christ in Greek. Tarshish in Hebrew for the land of silver is also Argyre in Greek. Those two lands is what we're going to discuss. He also thought he reached the Garden of Eden and also Arsarit, which he got the name from 2nd Esdras, and in his notes made it very clear. He believed the lost tribes of the northern kingdom, some of them, were right there in that same spot. Where? Well, this is what his notes and his journals say. And we deal with that in part 24. He was headed to Isles, just above the equator in Southeast Asia, where he recorded in his research and notes all these places were located. When he landed, he sent word to the king of Spain that he had the gold of Ophir, or King Solomon, at his disposal. Until his dying day, he actually thought he landed in Ophir. But he did not. The king of Spain knew this and continued to hire explorers to find a western route to Ophir in Tarshish, or Christ and Argyre in Greek, in Southeast Asia. This is well recorded and not even remotely debatable. Now, we have just come across a map in our research which blows the lid off of this topic. And though in the last video we proved it out pretty well already, in the same year Columbus embarked on his voyage, this map was being released, likely with the same knowledge and thinking that Columbus had. This is from a German cartographer who created the world's oldest extant terrestrial globe. Now, Martin von Beheim lived from 1459 to 1507. He was a German mariner, artist, cosmographer, astronomer, philosopher, geographer, and explorer. But he didn't have any credentials. So, anyway, in service to the king of Portugal. Now, of course, there is a certain blogger who would likely libel him and claim his credentials were not accurate to create a map, of course. Yet, he created a brilliant map and raised the bar for cartography. In creating this map in 1492, one can see the mindset of that time. Obviously, he started long before that. That's when it was released. As there are no American continents on this map, which is really amazing. They just did not know yet, just as they were honing in on the geography of the Far East. Not quite there yet, but getting closer. You will see, however, this begins to offer more detail, including the actual location of the real land, not a fictitious land. We already proved that Ophir is 
real. There is archaeology to prove it. And Christ, the Greek land of gold. Hebrew is Ophir. Same plan. We already proved Ophir is most certainly a real place. Archaeology proves that. And we are, in fact, in our book, we have some other things because even the enemies of Israel record the lineage of David. So really not something that anyone could ever dispute and certainly indisputable that the gold of Ophir is recorded in archaeology. Now, it's funny that, as well as history, so it's, it's funny that someone would actually make a statement with a straight face claiming these lands are mythical. Well, let's take a look at what Bahaim, the cartographer, and all the other things created. And this will blow you away, well, except for one person, perhaps. Anyway, drum roll, here we go. This map has been reproduced in very high resolution and is freely available for download for anyone who wishes to really see all of the detail. The link and source is on the bottom of the screen. Go ahead and download it. It's like 75 megabytes, so it's very good detail. Awesome. Now, you can see it shows almost the whole world. They're getting there but still a lot of exploration to take place from 1492 in the famous voyage of Columbus first started. Yet, he does an incredible job here with the detail. Of course, there are some things off in areas like Southeast Asia. As all the maps up until this point, certainly many were far off, but not necessarily in some of their assertions. Now, which they had not traveled there yet, and the missing continents of the Americas and Australia, well, they hadn't gone there yet. So no surprise, but they'll get there, and the maps will become more detailed. Now, we're going to blow this up later, but let's follow the progression and notice the difference in detail as you head east. Oh, wait, are you sure that's not the Malay Peninsula in the middle of the South China Sea? Yeah, right. That would be ignorance indeed, wouldn't it? Well, someone doesn't think so. There's Christ in the South China Sea, by the way, but we'll get to that. As we head from Africa East, we see, first, India, with Sri Lanka just to the south of it, known as Taprobane, or Taprobana here. Uh-oh. We still have a ways to go to get to Christ, don't we? Yep. It's not near India. Because that's not the marker. China is. It is southeast of China. See, the Purplus or Periplus, Mila's map, Dionysus the tourist, directions and two maps. Mila's map, of course, I mentioned. All say the same thing. Oh, don't worry, for good measure, we have so many such examples. So we are going to release another video on this as well. So another one coming soon. All these references are pretty much saying that Christ is south of China and east of China. Or in the South 
China. C. Is the Malay Peninsula in the middle of the South China Sea? Read my lips. Uh-uh. Now, this gets good, and frankly, I think I'm having fun now. After being libeled and slandered, you know, and all that fun stuff. School begins. Heading a good bit further east, see they knew this part of the world a little better now. Much better than the other maps that you've seen from the era from before that. There's the Malay Peninsula, labeled Kalor or Koles, same thing, referenced by Mila, in fact, and others as the southern tip of the Malay Peninsula. Not to mention, just look at it and it's obvious. So, oops, isn't that Christ further east than that? Hmm, it is. And isn't it an island? Oh yeah, fitting just about every description rendered by ancient geographers and cartographers. How about that? Now, you're getting it. Then, in entering the Indies, you can see Sumatra, Java Minor, and Java Major. Now look up at the top of the map, and you see China, or Cathay, its old name. And it renders India again, but that's not the same India. That's Indochina. Everybody knows that. Very obvious. But now you see that Indochina and Malaysia make the map. The other maps, like Mila's and uh, Dionysus, the tourist, they don't have that yet because in that era they didn't know yet. They just knew that there were two islands there and that they were southeast of China. That is the marker. So, frankly, he did a pretty good job here. Not a bad representation, especially for one who had not been there. So here is Christ just north of the equator. Hmm, that's where it should be. And Argyre just below the equator, which is close and pretty good for someone who, again, had not been there. You mean where Columbus said you would find the Garden of Eden, Ophir, Tarshish, and Arsareth in Southeast Asia. Yep, just north of the equator. You mean southeast of China, where the bulk of the directions and maps lead for Christ? You got it. Realize this guy is a German with no agenda, at least not that you can see anywhere really, uh, certainly not anything from the British. And he's working here for the Portuguese, who occupy Malaysia, including the peninsula, the Malay Peninsula, peninsula in this era. Uh, they'll conquer it soon after this. Now, one thing he got wrong, though, is he didn't know exactly how north Japan was. As you see, Sepangu to the right, the upper right. Now, it would be complete ignorance at this point to then throw out all the other directions which are pretty accurate and clear in terms of the Malay Peninsula, which is clearly not Christ, sorry. The Indies, China, Indochina, India, Sri Lanka, those are all pretty accurate and very close. It's clearly Japan that is wrong here. However, knowing the thinking of that day, especially Columbus, 
places Ophir, or Christ, just north of the equator in the Southeast Asian islands. Now that portion is accurate, and they're following that. He has that information at his disposal, and confirmed to be so. Again, look at these markers. They fully identify where we are here. Now, let's zoom in on the red square you see around the equator there in Southeast Asia. Oh, this is cool. We are zooming in on the islands in the South China Sea. See the equator there. Notice Christ or crisis. It is Christ as confirmed by many sources, which is identified by several that way. He doesn't, especially the source that we put on the last screens, he doesn't have all these islands down, but he definitely has two, which he labels Christ and Argyre, the land of gold and the land of silver, named in Greek, but Ophir and Tarshish in Biblical Hebrew. Pretty much where Luzon Island should be is Christ. Look to the left here. Here's the modern shape of Luzon to the right of it. And that's Behem's Christ to the left, or Ophir, the land of gold. That, my friends, is Luzon Island. Look at the shape. Yes, a map with a very close geographical shape. How about that? Now, he even got the points on the top pretty close. Look at that. Wow. Luzon Island is most certainly Christ and Ophir, not just because of this map, but because we prove it many ways, and one having never reviewed this extensive case, well, of course, they wouldn't even know, and attempting to argue at that point would just come from ignorance from a few brief videos. Now, they're just trying to confuse people, really. It's a basically a communist-style agitation. That's all it is. So that won't work here. And we will slap that down every time. And again, in the Lukoi or Lukos of Luzon video, a couple of videos ago, we already have that in Magellan's own handwriting, that Ophir and Tarshish are the Lukos, and Pigafetta says they are from Luzon, period. Now, this is not so hidden, my friends, and at this point, it would take willing ignorance to then ignore this, and most especially to attempt debate from a position of really nothing. Now, look at Argyre, just below the equator. Again, we know Mindanao is just above, but Bahaim had no way of knowing that yet. Yet somehow, look to the left, look at the two shapes, he got the geographic shape of Mindanao pretty close. Dude, how does that happen? Mindanao is the Greek Argyre, known as Tarshish in Hebrew, land of silver. Oh yeah, you do realize Tarshish, or descendants of his tribe, traveled here to the Philippines from Greece as well, right? Because it was his ships, the ships of Tarshish. And he was a mariner because he inherited islands, islands in Greece initially. 
But it is his family that brought Ophir and Sheba to the Philippines, to Ophir. And then it was named Ophir and Sheba after them, but also an area named Tarshish, even though he's from Japheth. But that's how he enters the picture. Now, his father was Javan, who founded Greece. And again, he inherited the Greek Isles, or part of them, him and his brothers. No wonder the tallest mountain on Mindanao and in the whole Philippines is actually named in Greek as Apo is a Greek loan word, not a Philippine origin. See, even some of the books which discuss this map then go on and they try to make Japan the marker here, ignoring all the rest. And this is our issue with scholarship when it enters the realm of, sorry, but stupid. Like, that is just willing ignorance, as Second Peter chapter 3 warned. This is clear. Again, what is out of place here and glaring is Japan is too far south on this map, which Beheim would not know nor be expected to. There are no markers to locate Japan, really, for him to use. Marco Polo, who records that he went there, really did not locate it specifically in any kind of directions for him to use. Though he wrote of Sapangu and you know some of the things it was rich in and other things like that, but many wonder if he was even in Japan, actually. But the etymology does seem to match, and we wouldn't argue with that at this point. But there are several markers to locate Christ where it is. Not near Japan. That would be ridiculous. Far too many things have come into place to remotely go in that direction. And behind did so academically, credibly, and downright beautifully. Also, the other markers of southeast of China perfectly fitting the Periplus directions, Mila's map, as well as Dionysus' directions and two maps that we showed in the last video. It is southeast of China where it should be. It is also north of the equator. Again, just as we covered in Columbus in part 24, where it should be. It is in the South China Sea, where it should be. It is the most abundant land of gold in all of history and remains number two in untapped gold deposits in the ground to this day. We covered that earlier. Proven scientifically, the resources all match. The history is overwhelming and abundant regardless of whether someone wants to debate one's source, which does nothing to disprove, especially when they are misreading. Uh, one not even reading the source, representing another as out of print, which is not out of print, and rendering opinions on the other, which were not even accurate, as they are oblivious of Greek history and Philippine history for that matter. The Bible is clear and gives directions, and in breaking down the Hebrew, it becomes exact. Exact. And then there are Hebrew markers all over the land. Of the Philippines. Yes, they are there, and we cover many. One doesn't have to agree with everything that we render, but it is indisputable that there are many here. And we've heard from many linguists 
We've heard from many scholars. We've heard from theologians and seminarians. We've heard from rabbis. We've heard from people who live in Israel and speak Hebrew, who are affirming many of those findings. Also, extra-biblical books give exact directions to this very land. Exact. And it leads to the Philippines. We also saw the Genesis 2 bust the lid off of this. And then there's the rivers from Eden theory coming next in the series. The Garden of Eden and much more. So stay tuned. I could go on and on. And we have created just under 60 videos in the series of 100. Yes, we will get to 100. In fact, we're trying to figure out what we're going to leave out because we have 140 plus planned. So we'll try to keep it at 100. But many more to come. This is exciting. And by the way, class dismissed and debate settled and over. But one more video still coming. Ouch. Thank you for watching Solomon's Gold series. Our 100 Clues, the Philippines is Ophir. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the bell. Share this video with others. Friend us on Facebook at The God Culture, space hyphen space, original. And check out our website at thegodculture.com. Our email is thegodculture at gmail.com. And we're scheduling conferences now for 2020. Just need hosts. We've heard from several. Thank you. And we will hopefully work out many this year. Thank you all for your prayers, comments, encouragement, and support in every way, especially those on Patreon who have been faithful, and this has made a tremendous difference. Salamat po. We have so much to be thankful for and excited for. But most of all, Remember what this is really about. Because all of this leads one place. The restoration of his ways in this land. The restoration of relationship with him. And coming soon, our feast series will also continue. We're getting close. Yah bless to all.